The OCD and Anxiety Podcast by Robert James Coaching. Hello and welcome to the OCD and Anxiety Podcast, where we explore how to have a more positive relationship with anxiety disorders, taking back control so that you can start living the life you choose and not the one chosen by your fears. Hello. And welcome to episode 140. I hope that you guys are doing very well today. If you do happen to be struggling with OCD or anxiety, you can get a free session with me. To get that, all you need to do is to head over to my website, www.robertjamescoaching.com, and there you can leave me a message and we can arrange the free session. In today's podcast, you guys are in for a real treat. I'm going to be interviewing Neil Emerchu, who is a level three uh, Wim Hof instructor. That's the highest level you can get. Um, He's also somebody with an enormous amount of experience of using the breath uh, in order to help us to feel more calm, grounded, and to, to really get the most out of life. As well as being a Wim Hof Method instructor, he's also a wellness expert with over 20 years of experience. He's a herbalist, uh, is an expert in shamanic healing. Um, He teaches Reiki and is a former international uh, athlete. And if all of that wasn't enough, um, he's also the host of the podcast Breathe with Neil and is also the author of the upcoming book, The Blissful Breath, 10 minutes of daily breathing exercises that will change your life. Now, as you may imagine, this conversation uh, tends to focus quite a lot on the breath. Um, We obviously take a look at the Wim Hof method and and how that can be helpful for managing um, anxious states. But this isn't just a conversation about the Wim Hof method. Uh, with Neil obviously being such an expert on on using the breath uh, in order for us to achieve uh, you know the best possible uh, mental states, then this is uh, a really fascinating conversation uh, in order for for everyone to learn how to how to use the breath, how to get the breath on their side. So many people, uh, particularly if they struggle with panic, can be afraid of the breath. And, you know, that's uh, that's such a shame. And as you'll hear in this conversation today, we really discussed that by learning how to uh, tune into the breath, we can actually tune more into our bodies and actually really learn how to ground ourselves into the present. So to find out more about Neil, you can head over to his website, breathewithneil.com. And uh, I really hope that you enjoy. If you have any questions, then as always, do please let me know. And many thanks. Hi, Neil. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Rob. Rob, how do you pronounce your last name? It's uh, Paisy. Paisy. Wow. Very interesting. Where is that that from? Uh, It's actually, I think it's originally French, but uh, from, from quite a long time back. So, uh, yeah, there used to be quite a, quite a few Pisces in uh, okay. the southwest of England, but I think these days I'm pretty much uh, the only one in the whole of the UK or, you know, my, my family. So, uh, 
Yeah, yeah very unusual name. Yeah, it looks amazing. I was trying to figure out where what, what its uh, origins were. It looks great. Yeah. yeah. So um, to start off with, could you just tell us a, a little bit about yourself, please? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I, I live here in Dublin, based uh, in Dublin. Uh, at the end of the road here is the sea. And the sea has always played a huge part in my life. You know, I was born and raised by the sea and the beach. And uh, the cold Irish sea has always been a, a big influence on me and has led me on lots of adventures, which eventually led me to meet you uh, in Poland, in another usually cold place uh, for our Wim Hof method training. Um, so I spend my time teaching people how to breathe, teaching people how to use the cold and nature uh, just to improve their lives, to make them a little healthier, a little calmer, and hopefully a little happier as well. Fantastic, yeah. And so, yeah, we obviously met at a, uh, the Wim Hof Method uh, instructor's course in, in Poland back in September. And uh, it was an amazing experience uh, that, that we had there. I absolutely loved, you know, being there and, and, and sharing that, that time with such a, a group of, you know, really interesting and often bizarre people that the Wim Hof method seems to attract um, but in in the most wonderful way and that's something that struck me about about that week was wow I've now got so many really interesting people to speak to for my podcast <laughs> <laughs> it was a good recruiting ground for your podcast absolutely Rob. it was yeah absolutely so you're basically the first one um, but you know, you, you have a lot of experience, uh, with the Wim Hof method and, um, I'd kind of like to, to ask you kind of what, what, obviously you, you kind of just mentioned there that you, you grew up by the sea and islands and have always had this affinity with the sea, but was it that, that kind of attracted you initially to, to the Wim Hof method? There was a few things. Um, I, I came across the Wim Hof method at a time where I definitely needed it. Uh, a time when our four children were very young and uh, myself and Josie were facing a lot of the pressures of, of that and the stress and strain of that and we had a few tragedies in the family so we were dealing with grief as well mm. and um, you know I had swam in the sea before this and I had done years of different type of breathing for yoga and martial arts but when I heard Wim talking about how we could combine both and then get these great benefits, that was something completely unique for me. Um, so I was drawn to it because of, because it was combining these two things that I really loved. I was drawn to it because it could help me deal with all the different pressure and stresses and exhaustion and grief that I was facing. Um, I was drawn to it as well because of Wim, obviously, you know, I, I saw the, I heard women on a documentary or after I heard the podcast and he's such an interesting charismatic kind of character um, and how he described the cold as a teacher and how he kind of gave the cold uh, an, another dimension. It wasn't just a temperature. It was something that we could learn from. And that for me was kind of fascinating as well. Um, you know, being a lover of nature and having felt the, the beauty and power of nature in the sea and other places to kind of change my view that the nature could be a teacher of us, that, you know, that we had lots to learn from it was something that really hooked me as well. And then, of course, the science behind it is also very interesting that here was Wim 
um, actively pursuing science, dragging it, kicking and screaming and forcing it to take a look at what he was doing. And that kind of appealed to me as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I think the science is um, a big part of the reason for why it's so successful right now. No, we, we live in a world which, um, like it or not, we need to we need to kind of follow the science and we need to, you know, if something is going, going to become kind of mainstream, it needs to have that that kind of scientific underpinning, which uh, I think the method increasingly does actually have, which is, you know, really helping it to, to move forward. Um, okay, and so what would you say obviously this was uh you were going through a challenging uh time when you came across the method what was what was uh the main thing about it that you found so supportive and, and helpful uh for that challenging time that you had i think the first big change that josie is my wife and we both started doing at the same time you know so when we get um, when we get finally the children all to bed and we'd have the house kind of rearranged so it was in some order for the next day we'd get all the lunches made we kind of get to the end of the day we'd sit down and do the breathing you know and then we'd get in a cold shower and that might be like half 10 at night you know so it was really kind of grim experience but the reason we continued to do it was because we felt more energy like we felt lighter we felt more open we were more patient. Um, we initially started to see that when we got up in the mornings, we were refreshed. We were patient with the children. By the time the mornings trying to get them all out to school and get organized and get myself to work and all that kind of stuff, they were pretty kind of stressful, unpleasant kind of experiences. And all of a sudden they started to change and we started to appreciate um, just the children for being themselves. We started to be patient. Our relationship improved. Our, our way of dealing with the grief improved. And then after the kind of rise in energy and the openness and, and the kind of more calmness, then the health started to re, our health started to change. You know, beforehand, I might, I used to have asthma. So, you know, I'd get a cold if I was run down and that would turn into a chest infection. All of that started to disappear. Um, and then, you know, then different layers. What I found was that things that I had struggled with before. So let's say I'd be at work and I'd say, at, oh, at three o'clock, I'd go to the cafe to get something to, you know, to kind of keep me going basically until I got, I could finish work and go home. Um, that started to disappear. You know, the kind of crutches started to disappear. The things that we lent on to kind of help deal with the pressure started to disappear. Um, but very early on from that first couple of days when we saw the energy levels change and our, you know, the, the quality of our life improve. I knew that I'd come across something very special. Absolutely. Yeah. It sounds like you really developed, you know, a much greater level of psychological flexibility yes. um, to be able to, to kind of trust in yourself a bit more yes. and to be more in the present moment, which we know Absolutely. is, you know, uh, associated with, with well-being and positivity. Um, yeah. Yeah. You mentioned that you were doing it at half past 10 in the <laughs> evening. <laughs> is that is that something you still do now or like? No, how, no? no that was pure necessity. Um, yeah. You know, in, in our kind of mindset at the time, every day was like this marathon, you know, because we were still doing night feeds with, with some of the children. Mm. So we have like night feeds, so disturbed sleep all the way through through the night. 
um, and then we'd get up and then the kind of the marathon would begin of getting people places and working and everything. So the marathon kind of ended late at night when they're all asleep and we were sitting there like, oh my God, how do we go do this marathon again tomorrow? So we started, that's when we had the chance to do the breathing. And, you know, I remember the dark nights going up into the shower with Josie. And, you know, if you've been through the old 10 week program, the, the times in the showers kind of build. And at one stage, maybe eight weeks into it, and I'm not recommending this for people, there's a 10 minute cold shower, you know, and I remember being in upstairs in the bathroom when it being really dark. And I was like, do we really have to spend 10 minutes in here? <laughs> but but the benefits were so huge. But what happened then was because we started change physiologically, cycle, cycle, you know, our mental resilience got better. You know, all those things started to change that now it's switched. Now we get up earlier. You know, mm. So we get up early and breathe together. We get, you know, before we get the children up, uh, you know, our life is unrecognizable to when we started, a few, you know, those years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and when and how we practice is also unrecognizable. That's really, uh, it's really nice as well that you decided to do that together as a as a couple. Um, do you think that that helped with with making it such a successful practice for you? Yes, I, I do. Inadvertently, I think we came across something um, that we didn't value up until very recently, actually. Um, now that, I've, now that I've been teaching the Wim Hof Method all over the place for a long time, the, the, the thing I be, thought at the beginning of becoming an instructor would be that people would struggle with the cold practice and people would find the breathing practice easy to do. What I found is it's the opposite, that the cold practice is kind of more convenient because you're in your hot shower, you turn it to cold, and there you go. I think people can be so... A very small percentage of people I find can make the breathing practice work in their life over a longer term because it's nearly like it seems like a luxury oh I don't have 10 minutes to lie down and breathe or you know but what I found is that one of the keys and this comes from the Buddhist world there's a that I can never remember his name there's a really famous Vietnamese Buddhist monk who writes all the uh, books thick thick what is it thick hung or something like that that's the, that, yeah that's the man exactly yeah um I read something and he was saying that his opinion was that for somebody to have a practice like breathing or meditation, that they had to be part of a community. Otherwise, it wouldn't stick for their whole life. So what Josie and I found was that in, without even knowing it, by the two of us kind of sitting down to breathe, it has made our breathing practice sustainable. You know, because one day one person might be in the mood, but the other person's like, come on, come on, come on. You know, so it's this kind of accountability part of it. And I think that finding, it doesn't have to be loads of people, but for a breathing practice to be successful, and I mean successful by just doing it every day for, you know, for months or years, whatever it is, to feel all those amazing benefits. I feel one of the secret ingredients is having somebody somewhere a group of people that you do it with or an online class that you do it with just that connection with people breathing has been proven to increase bonds between people the oxytocin we release when we're exhaling you know so i feel that that is like the secret ingredient for a sustainable breathing practice is finding someone we did it by accident you know but finding somebody uh, that you can share the experience with it doesn't have to be all the time 
but having something on the horizon where you're like, oh, I'm going to that class or that workshop or I'm meeting that person to breathe really helps. Mm. What would you say it is about the breathing that is so uh, special? Because obviously, you know, many people uh, experiment with with meditation. They they find that to be to be helpful. Obviously, the Wim Hof breathing is uh, is very very different from from that. What is it in in your opinion and your kind of experience exploring uh, the breath work over a number of years now? You know, what is it that kind of sets this this kind of breath work apart mm. i think on a wide on a wide view taking time to breathe in any way for a few minutes a day is hugely beneficial mm. um the wim hof method breathing is incredible you know it's really incredible but it mightn't be what you want to do every day for years on end or you might want to vary it you know so it's like you know so for me a person might be like oh i can't do three rounds today take one minute to listen to your breathing and that is something that will change you you know after a minute and i think it's the it's the immediacy of breathing exercises that really help people a person could be frantic and stressed and their mind is kind of closing and they're feeling kind of really strong, overwhelming anxiety. But if they take a few minutes to focus on their breath and breathe out and kind of calmly breathe, the brain listens to the lungs. You know, so if we change how the lungs are moving from frantic and shallow and we start breathing deeply and slowly, the brain starts to listen to the lungs. You know, when we move down into out of fight or flight, from this narrow view, this worst case scenario, into a place where the body feels safe and relaxed and our view of what's going on starts to widen again. So I think that's where the difference, say, between meditation. I love meditating. I meditate every day and have for a long time. But it's less tangible. It's much more difficult you know, to say, okay, now focus on this one thing. Uh, let everything else fall away or whatever meditation you're doing. But if you, if you can say to somebody, look, don't worry about what's going on in your mind for the moment. Just move your lungs in a certain way. Follow the lungs, follow the breath. Then the brain will start to respond. Then the mind will start to open up. And then at that stage, if a person wants to layer in a type of mental exercise as well, focus exercise or a meditation as part of the breathing, they're welcome to do it. But it's not necessary. It's just moving the lungs in a certain way to change how we're feeling. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I really agree. And I, you know, I think it's something that I've, I found really helpful when I first kind of came across uh, the method. And I think part of the reason is um, obviously I struggle with with anxiety, with OCD. Most of the people listening to this podcast um also do and i think for for many people who do struggle with anxiety one of the issues that they can have with meditation is when they sit and they try to focus their mind is so easily distracted by disturbing thoughts or uh, images or sensations in the body that you know for some people it can actually be a trigger in itself mm. and and so yeah you know, meditation can be quite difficult. Whereas I think one of the positive things about the Wim Hof breathing 
is that it's so active. Um, and in a way, because you're, you're really engaged with your breathing, this kind of circular, you know, uh, kind of smooth breathing process, but very deep breathing, it gives you something that is more tangible in a way to focus on. Um, and I, in a way, it is a kind of form of meditation, mm. but just a more active one. <clears throat> yeah, it, it's, it's giving the thinking mind lots to do. You know, mm. you have to think about, oh, I have to breathe into my belly and I have to feel it rising. And, you know, just it, it's kind of given the thinking. Yeah, as we said, once the thinking mind has something to occupy it, then it's not running off into other places Then you know, it kind of has to be in, engaged. But also the cold is the ultimate form of meditation. You know, if meditation, the goal of meditation is to focus on one thing, so everything else falls away for a moment. When you're in the cold, the only thing you can think about is surviving in the cold. You know, you can't be worrying about what happened yesterday or is the oven on or do I have to pay this bill? For those couple of you know minutes or whatever you're in the, in the cold for, everything else is let go and the mind is given this chance to refresh. So for me, even if a person really struggles with meditation and they might even struggle a little bit with, with the breathing even though it'll calm them down as they proceed very few people can get into the ice bath and continue to you know to worry about something the only worry they have is surviving <laughs> absolutely yeah i've been there myself yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> it focuses the mind that's that's yes, for sure. absolutely yeah yeah okay well we'll come on to that in just a second because i want to ask you more about that um but just to kind of come back to the breathing briefly if if people are struggling with anxiety and obviously some people struggle with with panic and you know a kind of worry about about too much attention on on the breath for example yeah is there a way that they can kind of adapt the method from your experience so you know generally speaking we advise people to kind of do around about 30 of these deep breaths um however is can we adapt it for people who are perhaps you know struggling with with panic for example yeah in my early days as an instructor for whatever reason i had a lot of people coming to my events that were struggling with panic struggling with anxiety uh, had experienced a lot of trauma in their lives and very quickly I had to learn how to help them breathe in a way that, that was beneficial to them. So if people are looking at Wim Hof breathing online on YouTube they'll see that Wim Hof breathes at a very intense kind of quick rate because it's like watching a master perform you know it's like watching Picasso paint or Usain Bolt sprint you know Wim is able to breathe at that rate and stay relaxed, you know, because he's a master. Most people, if they try to mimic that, they're getting ten more tense, more tense, more tense. The body's getting tense. The mind's mm -hmm. can't, I can't keep up. I can't. And what I found was that the thing that maybe people are missing is it's about breathing at your own pace. And most humans pace will be different to the master's pace. You know, most people won't be able to paint like Picasso the first time they pick up a brush or won't be able to sprint like Bolt the first time they put on a pair of runners. You know, so it's about finding a pace of breathing that is suitable for them, especially 
if they are feeling anxious or panicky or they can feel a trigger, you know, something coming on. So for people like that is slow it right down until you feel you are in control of the breath. Feel the belly expanding, feel the breath rising through the body and then let the breath go. That's a simple, you know, and find a rhythm that suits them and the breath can be soft the breath can be gentle you know if a person that is on the edge or you know close to survival mode or in survival mode and they are going hell for leather with the breathing without experts supervision that can be a quite a difficult experience for them you know so so the adapt you know the adapting part of it is actually not mimicking but finding your own pace and that pace, ultimately, that pace is different for everybody, you know. Yeah. Um, so that's a, a good place to start. And some days they might want to breathe a little quicker or deeper. Some days they might want to breathe a little slower and softer. And it's learning to listen to the body and not. Um, we're trying to avoid being dogmatic about it. Obviously, we want the 30 breaths and the holding and all these kind of essential parts. But listening to the body and listening to the mind to see what the person needs in that moment. Yeah, I think that's really, really true. And I think something that I've got out of it is, is a realization that, you know, the breath is our, is our ally. You know, it's, it's not there against us. We can tune into it when we want. And, you yeah. know, by, by doing that and actually purposefully you know, building this, this uh, ability to be able to, to really remain relaxed, but breathe deeply and focus and, and continue to do so. You can develop your confidence in the breath. You, yes. can, you can begin to, to understand it and to know that if you do begin to kind of breathe more rapidly, that that's okay. You're not going to lose control. You, you know, it's okay for your heart rate to go up, for your hands to get sweaty, for your, I mean, these are often just symptoms of excitement as much yeah. as they can be symptoms of anxiety. Yeah. Um, and we need to be able to, uh, to experience all of these different, uh, different emotions. So, yes. you know, it's, uh, it's definitely a good thing to, to learn how to, to experience in a positive way. Yeah, and you're right. And it's, and it's kind of like that idea of the beginner versus the master. You know, the master has gone through it and experienced everything and found out where is too far, where is, too, you know, not enough. And, and the beginner has to, to kind of start that journey, you know. So, like, as you said, the experience of learning that you can breathe really deeply and still be relaxed, you can feel these sensations and still be in control, that's very valuable for people. And I think even on the, on the higher level, as you mentioned there, just this this idea that our breath is always with us it's our companion it is always there if we were to look at how a person was breathing throughout the day we'd also see how they're feeling you know if their breathing is rapid and erratic you know and it would indicate to us that they're starting to feel out of balance you know if their breathing is calm and slow you know they're moving into this kind of rest and digest part of the, of the nervous system so at any stage during our day, if we can bring our attention to our breath, we can change our breath when we need to. So if we're feeling that sensation of uncertainty rising in the chest about whatever we're facing, 
by bringing our attention back to our breath, we can slow our breath down. And again, the brain listens to the lungs. And again, we start to feel different. So as you said, it is an ally that we can use whenever we need it. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's a really important message for, for people who are struggling with, with anxiety and OCD. Great. Um, okay, so bringing it back to, to the cold uh, that you were you know, kind of beginning to talk about just a few moments ago. Uh, personally, for me, another one of the amazing things about the method is, is uh, you, the fact that you can experientially begin to learn more about acceptance, a concept which, um, let's face it, it can be quite uh, annoying for for people who are struggling with anxiety for example uh when they're told okay you need to just accept it <laughs> you know because it's a, it's great in theory you can read about it all day but in reality it can be so hard to to do um how do you how do you use how do you kind of view that and how do you think the cold can help us to to develop more acceptance yeah I think we all, uh, you know, people think about the cold and there's, all, all, you know, there's loads of benefits, physical benefits to it. Mm. Balances our hormones, improves our circulation, all those things, lots yeah. more. Yeah. Below that is where the deep lessons are. And this is one of the deep lessons of it. When we get into the cold, we can't fight it. We have to accept it. And we have to surrender to it. If we're in the cold, we're like this, we're tense, we're not going to get our breathing. If we can use our breath to find control and calm in the, in the cold, despite the chaos, that's where the true value of it is. And a part of that is we have to accept that we're in an ice bath with ice up to our necks you know, that we can't, you know, we, we're here for a reason. And by letting go to that experience, it actually teaches that tangible skill of being able to accept and let go when we're not in the ice bath, when we're not in the cold shower. And for me, that's probably one of the most valuable lessons that people can learn from the cold. So the practice of being in the hot shower and turning it to cold at the end, and finding a sense of calm and control in the chaos of the cold. That then helps us when we're not in the cold. So when we start to feel those feelings of chaos or, or uncertainty or worry or anxiety, we have been in the cold repeatedly. We have used our breath to deal with it. We can then apply what we've learned to accept these circumstances and to let go and to, you know, to breathe. And oftentimes, when we move into that place of acceptance and we kind of move down into the, the rest and recover part of the nervous system, the parasympathetic nerve, nervous system, our view of the problem opens up a little bit. We're letting go of the worst case scenario. And often in that opening up, we can find actually a solution that we might, mightn't have seen before. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like you say, there's so many positives. I mean, on a very deep level and related to anxiety, obviously we have acceptance and, you know, helping you to develop that. And like you say, that can help you in so many other ways in life of looking at problems from a different perspective and just generally being more accepting of difficult circumstances and emotions and feelings. Um, but then you also mentioned, uh, of course, that there's all of these kind of other benefits, phys um, physiological benefits to, to, to the body. Could you kind of just unpack that a little bit, please? Yeah, of course. So I think, you know, when we get in the cold, anyone who's been there has felt that sense of shock ah, and chaos, ah, the body moving up into fight or flight you know, releasing all these great chemicals and hormones into the body to help us deal with this. But then what the cold is teaching us is to use our breath. And, you know, if we focus on, on that exhale, for example, and we start to engage the, the vagus nerve and it starts to lower the heart rate and starts to make us move into this place where we feel safe, then all these incredible things are happening. Like our, our hormones begin to balance, you know, our our blood vessels constrict in the cold and then they begin to open up again. So our circulation improves. And most importantly, at this moment, uh, white blood cell count increases. So our immunity starts to improve. You know, so these are, so being able to deal with stress and anxiety, being able to feel calm and, and content in, in the chaos and be able to improve our immune system all at the same time from just a little bit of cold. I think it's, uh, I think it's something we should all be enjoying a bit more. Absolutely. It's funny, uh, this morning I went for a run on the beach and as I often do, I, uh, much to my, my dog's uh, disapproval, <laughs> I just uh, strip off down to my uh, underwear <laughs> and jump into, uh, jump into the sea. Now, the thing is here, this is Mediterranean style Wim Hof method. You know, the sea, <laughs> it's really not that cold. It's, I don't actually know what temperature it is right now, but it's, you know, it's definitely bearable. Yeah. Um, some of the, you know, depending on where people live around the world, it can be harder to, to actually have a cold shower or to, to have an ice bath or yeah. is there, is there like uh, things that people can do to, to kind of overcome some of those uh, barriers? Yeah, I think, People often ask me, how cold does it have to be? You know, as humans, we have this, we are, we're always wanting to know, is it good enough? You know, is, is it cold enough? Um, if you get into the cold, like I'm sure you get into the Mediterranean now, and I'm sure it's a, it takes your breath away for the first oh, few cold. moments. Yeah. 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 That's, you know, that is, that sense of like, <gasps> that's enough. You know, so if somebody's in a hot country and they put their cold shower on and it takes their breath, like a little bit of a, <gasps> that, that's enough because we have to kind of then, move with the breath to bring us back down to a state where we feel calm so you know if you're in a very very hot country just staying a little bit longer in that cold shower can work you know in extremely hot countries uh we brought the children uh the four children myself and josie went on an adventure a couple of years ago before covid to thailand um for for a month and it was roasting hot there so we had we figured out Josie would order a white wine and it would come out in a bucket with ice in it. And I'd take the ice and I'd put my hands in it, you know? So, kinda, <laughs> so when there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Like it won't be my whole body, but as long as my hand's cold, you know? It's that's something... it. You have to do it. Yeah, so in, like in, in some parts of the world, 
uh, where it's hot regularly, people have converted chest freezers into ice baths. You know, I have one at the back here as well. But for you know a person that doesn't need that, honestly, even a couple of bags of ice in a basin with, with water and training your hands and your feet is incredibly beneficial as well. So yeah, there's there's, a, there's always way to find a little bit of cold. Yeah, and just a health and safety message here. You know, if you're going to jump into a chest freezer, make sure that it's unplugged first. <laughs> make sure you know what you're doing and, yeah, you know, and be safe. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, fantastic. And if you, if you could only give one piece of advice to, to people who are struggling with, you know, be it anxiety or other mental health problems and, you know, related to the Wim Hof method, what what would it be? Or if it's not related to the Wim Hof method, that's also fine. By focusing on long, calm exhales, hmm. we can change how we're feeling in about five breaths. You know, so when we focus on those long, calm exhales, within five breaths, vagus nerve begins to activate, drops the heart rate, the body starts to feel safe and starts to adapt to whatever it's feeling. So, that's all we have to do really in any situation where we're not feeling ourselves or feeling incredibly anxious or overwhelmed in the midst of everything. If we can just bring our attention to four or five breaths like that, there's a switch in the nervous system. And I see it all the time. I've seen it thousands and thousands of times with people in the ice, for example. Mm. Um, but that is the one thing that people can use anywhere at any time to take control of how they're feeling and to change how they're feeling and to watch that switch when they start focusing on that exhale. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's great advice. Um, and um, just one more, one more kind of question. Is it um, because obviously a part of the, the method is, is ideally to be going into nature as well to to uh, to experience this and i think that also has all sorts of other knock-on effects um you know psychologically it's very healthy just to be yeah to be doing just to be outdoors in general but if you can actually incorporate the wim hof method in into that then i think that's uh you know even even better what's what's your take on that yeah i think when we look at the origins of the Wim Hof method, you know, it's mostly outside. Mm. It's out yeah. with Wim running up mountains and and even in my own experience of it, you know, in that early period where Josie and I were kind of struggling and then starting to get a grip of the struggle and starting to come out of the struggle, there's this big mountain on the way out of Dublin to, to Wicklow. It's called the Sugarloaf Mountain. And when I was, you know, before Wim Hof, I was tired and stressed and exhausted. And I'd drive by the Sugarloaf and think, God, that's a beautiful mountain, you know, but I drive by it. Then as we started to proceed through the Wim Hof method, I started to drive by it and go, Jesus, I could probably get up that mountain. And then <laughs> after a month or two, it was like, right, I'm running up that mountain in a pair of shorts twice in, this, in the wintertime, you know, and yeah, in the for snow. me, in the snow, you know, so <laughs> for, for, you know, ultimately we are, we are nature ourselves, you know, we're not separate from nature. I think that's part of the reason why it's so beneficial to be out in nature. It's just a return to our natural state. Yeah. And the, I think the Wim Hof method often gives people the energy and the focus and the reason 
often to go out into nature and to explore and to find a little spot to get into the river or to find a little yeah. spot to get into the sea. And, you know, as you said, ultimately, there are so many benefits to being outside that uh, if it's your excuse to get outside, then, then grab your mat and go breathe outside if you can. Absolutely. Yeah. And if, if you're not an outdoors person, then, you know, you're still going to get loads of benefits just from doing cold showers yeah. and the breath work anyway. Yeah, but, absolutely. But yeah, so I you, think, you know, even spending, even deciding to, let's say we live in an urban environment, even ex deciding to spend a few more minutes every day walking outside. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's hugely beneficial. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And um, Neil, if people, uh, I have, I do have quite a few listeners in Ireland. If uh, some of these guys are, are interested in coming to your, your workshops, or if maybe you have workshops in other countries too, how can they kind of find out more about you? Yeah. So you'll find me, the website is breathe with N I A L L.com. And you'll find me on Instagram on Facebook, breathe with N I A L L as well. Breathe Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. It's been, uh, it's been great talking to you. You're very welcome, Rob. Thanks for having me. Just a quick reminder that if you want to get a free session, all you need to do to get that is to head over to my website, www.robertjamescoaching.com. And there you can leave me a message and we can arrange the uh, free session. And now just a quick reminder of my disclaimer. Any information that you view on my website, Instagram page, Facebook group, or anywhere else online, or any information that you listen to on the podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for actual medical or mental health advice from a doctor, psychologist, or any other medical or mental health professional.